0: Are you
1: talking about,
0: you insane Hollywood ass? So, to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind.
2: Hello. <laughs> Hi, guys, for uh, Welcome to another episode of the Snowcast with me, on and uh, joined as always by DJ. DJ, what's the crack? Uh, no
0: how's crack, Isolation. Now? Isolation, it's all right. Uh, got out in the fields this week doing a bit of farming.
2: Oh, uh, the week, man. Oh, the
0: fucking sun. sun's out. Honda, Fucking factor fifty all week. I can Guarantee you. Does uh, yeah. it? The beard. The beard has like some great uh, pros it's and various. cons. Yeah, like it's 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 great in one sense. The beard, uh, in that it like, I get sunburned underneath it. But the only thing is, like in the sweltering heat, doing a bit of manual labor. Fuck me, man. Just the beard is sopping and sweat in from going the whole oh. day. Like, uh, and it, the, the other the other the other issue with the beard is. Uh, it I'm actually it'll be topical later on, um what we're talking about later on, but I'm rocking a bit of a James Harden style beard. Hmm. Uh that the 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 shooting guard for the Houston Rockets in the NBA. Um and it just it, it traps all the fucking dust and muck that you pick up. So you'd be like just picking bits of muck out of your beard in. And uh never never valued a shower as much as I have the last few days with this. Beard. Oh man.
2: I've had I've had I think yesterday I had four showers like. <laughs> It's just insane, like, just every bit of, like, work or whatever you do, like, just like, oh, as soon as you have a break or you want to go to a shop or anything like that, it's just like, oh, I have to have another shower again, like, actually, well, I actually think it clogged up the shower, it's like so many showers. Well, apparently,
0: apparently here in the Southeast, we're not too bad this weekend, because whatever way the the, 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 the weather pressure, the, the, the weather pressure, whatever way the weather pressure system has come in the Southeast is the coolest part of the country for once. Yeah. And it's like 26, 27 degree highs in the northwest, apparently. on yes. and Sligo and that. Yeah, like, we're like 25.5 25.
2: Yeah. or something here. I, I Where's actually,
0: I'm, I'm sweating just even fucking thinking about that type, <laughs> type, type of weather. You know what I mean? But ah, uh, it's been brilliant, like, um, absolutely brilliant. But I can tell you from the week on the farm, we could fucking do it a few drops of rain. <laughs> the ground is square hard. It's a good job that. That's one of the advantages of the of the lockdown is um. If you're playing a bit of contact sport, the ground would be fucking ruining your ankles at the moment and your knees be so hard. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too keen on doing long training sessions and a pair of football boots, you to be worn off you yeah, and the ankle your ankles would be in shit. But uh no man, it's been a fucking good week. Um, really good. And even for someone who's been like cocooning the whole time and and really isolated for two, two and a half months now at this stage, just to get fucking away from the house, um like bit. I, I've I've got up to to do a bit of farming and just being out in the open, fucking fresh air. And, uh, and is that is that what in your five k? Is it? But <laughs> this is essential travel you see on this is for Yeah, work. of course, yeah, You know, yeah. and, and we're part of the food supply chain, so like this yeah. is this is fully counts as essential travel. So I, I'm not, I'm while I'm while I'm definitely being put through my paces. It's not just for leisure exercise. No, no, <laughs> so, definitely not. But, uh, definitely it's, not it's actually just outside the 5K, it's not too far away. But, uh, it's been a good man. I let,
2: I let you off. i let you just off the hook. Because... I won't ring the guards today.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. Look, if, if any guards are listening, come see me.
2: And the third voice on the snugcast is our returning, I don't know, this must be about as maybe six or seven snugcasts now. It's Ollie Sharp. Ollie, how's isolation treating you, man?
1: Isolation's going very well out here. Um, we bet. Uh... Where, so you're um, around here near Dummore East, isn't it? You're Dummore um, like yeah. I'm uh, man. I'm just about five K away from the beach, so uh we can <laughs> swim in a good bit the last few weeks. It sits there there it's probably been the same distance yeah, yeah. to the food farm. But yeah. um yeah, we've uh, we've started to get out a good bit now and go swimming every two or three days to just freshen up and you know, get outside of the house, I suppose.
2: Yeah, do you think um like people's like kind of day to day habits are going to change like and like I I just think that people are just going to just want to do like or maybe not even want to do but like appreciate those things a bit more like the like the yeah. fact of like you know even say when it was like that two k limit initially like and you wouldn't have been able to go to the beach or whatever that you know now that you're like fuck great we're after getting into the five k um yeah. it's so it's so great now that like I can actually like appreciate that and I like I will go and do that like it's like even say with the like got well, I'm saying the golf club's reopened but I joined a pitch putt club up here <laughs> so but I've just been like oh it's great like to actually just go out and like just hit a few balls and stuff like and it's something that you wouldn't even I don't know. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't have considered being becoming a member of a pitch and ball club before, but
1: like, it's just something that's really appreciating now. Like, all right. Yeah, like it's you're you're right there. Like, I mean, the uh, the golf club in Dunmore is uh, only nine holes. They've like cut off half of it because they're redoing it. Oh. But uh, um, yeah, like it, it's definitely like it's a good idea just to get there and get a bit of exercise and hit a few balls around for a couple of hours if you can crack that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right, lads, what um what are we drinking tonight? DJ, go first. What, what
0: are you what are you on? I'll kick it off there actually. I'm I'm on um I'm on a classic, uh Snook has favorite from last summer that I managed to get a couple of cans off. Um my uncle's wife there, Michelle. Shout out to Michelle. Uh she sent me up a few cans of eight degrees um their orange ball from the Rack'em Up series last year for their eight oh, top em. notch. Uh, the Fruity Pale Ale, 3.9% ABV. The collab- it was a collaboration that they did. So they did a series for their um 8th birthday, uh, 8 Degrees Brewing there just outside Mitchellstown and Cork. Uh, they did uh, a, a series of 8 different collaboration brews and, and Orange Ball, the number 5, is this fucking juicy, tasty, fruity pale ale. It's only 3.9% as well. So you're not gonna, you're not going to lose your legs mm-hmm. over it. But they collaborated, they, they did a collaboration with at Garrett Malt who supply a lot of the and barley to, to a lot of the independent brewers around the country. And all um, oh, like, it is just fucking packed with juice, packed with juice. It's like, we were talking there about the weather and the hot, the hot weather and stuff like that. And when I knew I had these cans coming up this evening uh, out there doing a bit of annual labor in the sun today, I was like, fuck me, they're going to go down like a treat. And even just before we started the recording there, I cracked open the can and had a smell. And I actually I, I, I feel sorry for you because I don't know what sort of sexual noise I made when I smelled it. Like, it just smells so good and tastes so good. And uh, it's just real proper, like citrus punch, lovely, lovely, lovely fruity flavours. And uh, I could fucking guzzle these all day. hundred they, percent. They're, they're, oh, they're like They're like, you know, the super soccer last year that the the Mm. the Yellowbelly and Wicklow Wolf Wolf, uh, collaboration that that we were big fans of as well. Like obviously that was 2.3, 2.2, 2.3%. Like these are (laughs) yeah. (laughs) These are are 3.9%. So like they have a little bit more kick to them, but they're just that similar sort of just drinkability. Uh, really, really sessionable. I fucking love it. Um, and it's just one of those drinks that you don't forget. Like, as soon as you see anything that reminds of it, it comes straight to your mind, like, and it evokes this lovely fucking memory of last summer, having a barbecue, drinking a can of it, or fucking, ha- like, drinking, it, basically drinking the keg of it in Phil Grimes over a two-week period between the two of us, you know? It's fucking, it's oh. one of those, like, we actually have a great, great memory of these last year, Owen, was we went into Phil Grimes one Friday after work, and uh, it was on tap there, and we were going in for one. And we ended up staying for like six or seven at just these because they were so nice. That uh, Maybe we finished it.
2: Maybe we finished off
0: the keg I think. Yeah, that was... And then we were like, maybe we should go home, like...
2: Because
0: uh, we just came in for one after work. Um, yeah. But that's the kind of drink that it is. Like, you lose yourself in it, which is fucking beautiful. Uh, and again, like, we're getting a bit teary. Uh, Wayne from the Irish Bear Blog actually tweeted us last night, shared it to Wayne, just to say, like, how much um, he was enjoying the recent podcast, which is lovely to hear from a fellow Irish... Uh, podcaster who talks about independent craft beer, and the best thing is, is he said that when you we were describing Phil Grimes last week, he was getting nearly emotional. Like, and uh, <laughs> yeah, this is it. Like, just drinking this can now was the first can, and I'm about three quarters way through it, and it's really evoking memories of the pub last summer when the weather was similar to this, and, and and really bringing back some strong fucking good vibes from Phil Grimes last summer,
2: which is fucking a place I'd love to be right now. Uh, right, well, that was, that was a lovely memory you had there. <laughs> 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 I was bringing a tear to my eye. Um, so I'm on, um, it's, a, it's actually a Porterhouse Groom Company stay home isolation IPA. So it um, doesn't have the nostalgic feeling. In fact, it kind of brings the whole coronavirus into, into light for me. But um, uh, this is a 4.6% uh, IPA. And again, full of juice as well. It has that kind of taste of, you know, like a sour when you're. I don't know how I'm going to explain this, but you know when you're when you have a sour and you get that like, mmm, feeling of like <laughs> where your mouth like nearly puckers up and like uh, you just kind of I don't know you can kind of taste it all on the kind of roof of your mouth and stuff, um, and like just juice kind of exp- blows in your mouth. Your, I don't know, your own mouth kind of salivates stuff after taking it. Um, this is the same, but without that kind of um, sour taste. Um, really, 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 really nice. Um, and yeah, lovely lovely. with, I'd say, um, I'd say it'd be really nice with a barbecue or um, even like salads or something like that. Like, it's really kind of fresh and um, nice. But um, yeah, actually uh, actually, there a second ago, um, I nearly got, there's a ring pull on the top of the bottle, so the Top of the bottle is like there's like a ring pulled, pull up, pull off the, the top. Um, and there a second ago, actually nearly got it rammed onto my finger. I was kind of pretend I had a wedding ring on, and um, I was married <laughs> to the bottle or something, but um, it actually got stuck on there. But uh, I got it won't. off anyway. Everyone, it
0: won't be the first fellow uh, to be wed to the bottle.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
1: right, Ali, <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? Let, well, I it's hard to follow the two um, explanations there. If there cans, but uh, I've gone for the Kinikar uh, High Glen, dropped dry hop citrus sour, and same as oh. own. When it hits your palate, it like it just explodes. explodes yeah, completely like hits me with summer vibes, like a nice fruity, but like bit of a twang like a sour twang to it and I, I have to say uh i've been getting these in arkeen stores the last like two or three weeks and probably the nicest the nicest craft brewery can i've had ever honestly wow it's, uh, yeah i actually need to get uh, i need to get on
2: these i need yeah. i
0: need to there's they're special good. like because they're like a, a dry um, a dry hop sour so you're getting like the best yeah. of everything with it because you're getting that fucking Citrusy, twangy kick from the sour. Yeah. But also, the, the hops give it a, a different dimension and it's, it's yeah. really, really unique. like I haven't had a drink. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't had a, a similar drinking experience when consuming yeah. a can of, of, of the stuff. like It's fucking phenomenal. And Owen, it's, it's actually everything that you love.
2: It's everything yeah, that you absolutely. love in a can. Yeah. It's
0: it really it's like really sour
2: really cool. like lemons. I'll put, I'll put all, it this, all about that.
0: I'll put it this way: it, it, it's like um it's like the best of, of, of Castaway, and the best of
2: in Space, packed yeah. into a can. It, would you say it's a bank holiday Monday drink? Oh, I yeah. any any day of the week. It's <laughs> any day of the week. It's really
1: yeah, yeah, the it's week. It's, uh, it's really zesty, in the, the the smell of the aroma from the the like out of the out of the glass, it's just it's top class. It's it's really really good.
2: Good stuff. Right, so uh, to move on to our next, uh, actually becoming a, a much loved segment, is uh, Point Watch. So um, just remind listeners, this is a segment where uh, me and DJ until now have um, looked at the, um, the government restrictions that have been put in place on pubs, really, it hasn't been on anything else, but we're just trying to find or to work out when we think the pubs might reopen, so just to remind everyone, the tenth of August was the date that the government had put in phase five. Was it phase yeah. five? Yeah, um, which was uh, which included the reopening of pubs. Um, so that was the date that we had all kind of geared ourselves up for, and that was the date that we saw envisaged ourselves into uh, going into a pub. Now we always knew that things could get better or worse, and that uh, that date was flexible. So um, we were. Mo- I think. I think at the start we were probably prepared for it to be like later. Like I think initially we to find, find everyone that was saying there would be no one in the pub until December, because um, uh, they just didn't really think that it was going to be as realistic. But um, in fairness, all of the case numbers and stuff have been dropping now, um, and uh, things are looking to be on a good enough course. So. I'm gonna bring it to DJ. Actually, I'll recap first. So last week, DJ, we kind of had this. We kind of got the context last week, but in terms of our two meters and one meters and all this shit, like. Uh, but let's just say two meter. We'll just kind of say the two meter social distancing, right? What 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 day did you say last week?
0: So uh, so basically, the first week I was a bit pessimistic. Two weeks ago, I had yeah. said I I I basically said two weeks ago. I thought I I didn't see it being lax on pubs, and I thought if we get a bit of a bounce from some of the relaxations and we got a, a spike in numbers, I I was like, I could see a slowing down in the phase releases, and phase five was initially August 10th, and I said August 24th. Last week then, given we had a week of phase one, the figures were good, and then all of a sudden you had this WHO guidance on one meter, and, mm. and we had seen kind of the Clareburn live segment and stuff like that. I felt that... Yeah, I said with two meters, the figures are more encouraging than they have been. A week earlier, we were still going in the right direction. I was like, right, I can see this being August tenth, like like it had been uh, said previously. But I did then throw in a caveat that if the government followed on with the WHO guidelines on one meter distancing, I could see uh, any a, a better case being put forward for the VFI and the LBAs and um, conditions for reopening which were which we went through in a previous episode uh, in a lot more detail with P- peter breen of the the Portish Pub. now i i i felt that if they brought in the one meter that then i i was i felt like it would be very difficult to differentiate between a pub and a restaurant in terms of the service mm. being offered so then i kind of said right i think they'd have a good enough argument and they could lobby to get put in phase four and i think i was saying it would be the 19th or 20th of july uh, in the last week, like I, I don't and you know, there hasn't been too much, right, in terms of point watch in the last week that I've seen. Now I have to say, like, like I said, I've been up on a farm for a week, so I haven't had any access to internet or anything for most of the weeks. So when I get home trying to catch up on things, it's mainly like catching up on WhatsApp group chats and stuff like that. And I haven't paid too much heed to it. But the numbers the numbers are improving. Um, and someone said to me on the phone today, just kind of casually. So I haven't, haven't fact-checked this, but apparently five counties are COVID-confirmed, COVID-free at the moment. Um, when I say they have no actual active confirmed cases at the moment, uh, yeah. I'm not 100% certain on that, uh, but it was actually my mom said that to me today, because she said, oh, Waterford is one of the five uh, counties. Yeah.
2: Top top journalist, top journalist. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so like,
0: Jacinda Walsh, investigative journalist, uh, extraordinaire and a new listener to Snowcastle National Week, so uh, I won't <laughs> say too much more, man. Um, but, but she 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 said today that she heard that there was five counties that didn't have any active cases, and Waterford it was one of them, which, you know, if true, um, and certainly that's the direction that things have been going recently, it
1: yeah. would be
0: absolutely amazing and fantastic. Um, we saw during a Week, we had our first day since March 20th, I think it was, where we didn't have a dash from course
2: Yeah, Monday there, yeah.
0: So, uh-huh. look, I think there are that's positive... There are positive signs in the last week. It, the battle isn't over, and I think that they'll continue on the phase. And but I do think so. If you look at the way the government have handled the crisis up to now,
1: mm.
0: with the the co the the unemployment payments, with all the other stuff that was brought in and restrictions, uh, they've been kind of like a week behind the curve in terms of reacting to what people have looked for. And the last week the one meter distancing was widely being um, put forward based on evidence and based on WHO guidelines so it's something that we can fully support because public health care worldwide are now advocating for one meter social distancing instead of two uh, when people are at rest so I actually do think that the government will eventually succumb to I'm not succumb to pressure is probably the wrong way of putting it but I think it'll eventually come around to that way of thinking because other countries have opened up before us because they've been in the better situations and we're going to see more data coming through from those other countries and what i think that'll do is it'll convince our government to switch to one meter and i think that will actually bump forward so i'm saying now for definite my guess for point watch is i'm going to stick july 20th down as the date that the pubs are going to open again i think it's going to be phase four and I think, it'll, I think they'll stay to the phasing, but I just think like stuff like pubs and that will be brought forward to phase four if it's a one metre guideline. I'm predicting that it will be changed to one metre in the next 10 days by the government of Ireland. And I'm predicting that that will then give enough um, ammunition to the lobbyists in the VFI and LVA to, uh, to convince the public health authorities to bring a pub forward because, like we said, it's very hard to differentiate between a pub that does not doesn't serve food. It's very hard to differentiate between a pub that serves food uh, mainly um, to a restaurant. So I just think there will be that argument put forward. And I think it will be won because I think the economic arguments will we win out. I, I've been, you know, everyone knows my views on on whether they should win out or not, but I think that's what will happen. Um, and I th- I, I think looking at the evidence that we see so far, there's a lot to be optimistic about if we can keep a lid on things and things people are sensible. But then the only caveat is no matter what you say, it doesn't solve the toilet problem. The toilet issue, the toilet situation in pubs is going to be the big issue. Mm -hmm. And I just don't see how that's circumvented. But I'm going going out and saying July 20th. So I've I've basically brought my stuff, my guesses forward five weeks from two weeks ago because I think that, there has been a lot of positivity in the last few weeks in terms of figures and numbers. Um, and if we stay on the same path, if, then I think July 20th, that's my point watch report for this week.
2: It's a bull move, <laughs> but, uh Let's geez. see if it pays off. <laughs> Let's see if it pays off, yeah. Um, yeah, geez, fair play, actually. Here, write that down, write that down. Uh, July 20th. Yeah, um, we're, giving, we're
0: giving three to one on snowcast bookmakers.
2: <laughs> yeah uh what what do i think what do i think um so i said i think all this i can't really remember what i said with w- one versus two but i think in my head i just kind of had august 3rd so i think i you said I august think I, third regardless yeah i think i said um uh in terms of the phases that um that it was for phase. Fa- so what were phase two monday week isn't it
0: yeah phase two Um, is the 8th of june and phase three is the 29th of june and phase four is i think it's that 20th of july
2: yeah so uh, what i was saying last week was that i thought that phase two would go ahead as planned with kind of a three three three-week window as planned and then i think i said phase three uh or no sorry yeah phase three would go ahead as planned with a three-week window And that phase uh, four then would actually go ahead with. I said it would be accelerated to a two-week window. So I think now, uh, I think now I'm going to push my days up another week only. I still think it's going to be a phase five job. Um, And again, I just I I I think it. I kind of boils down to that whole. Um, point of when alcohol is involved social distancing goes out the window Um, and I just don't think they're going to be ready I think there's going to be a huge kind of education piece um, involved and I think that the restaurant trade might work as a kind of a pilot job for pubs and so I think it might I think that's how that's how I think it might go but I don't know i don't know i don't know i'd love it to be i'd love it to be uh with the restaurants but i'm going to say whatever is before what a week before august 3rd i suppose uh 27th is it or 20 26th of it's the 27th about, yeah the 27th 20, is the monday yeah 27th yeah so mm. I'm, I'm only a week after you now but i, I suppose I'm, I'm kind of thinking of it from a different yeah. aspect of kind of accelerating phases more so than actually bumping everything ahead um uh, whether that's right or wrong, like, it's like the three week window was there for a reason at the start. It's like, you know, you can't tell how well you're doing within a phase until two weeks post the start of the phase, you know, so we're, we're only going to see starting this week how well the implementation of phase one has gone because you're two weeks post the start of it um, and you're able to get that kind of isolation period or, you know, when people would have had symptoms or whatever. Um, and presented as a case post that phase is only going to start this week. Um, well, obviously it would have started a bit there the previous weeks, but, you know, technically net this week. So you can actually only see how well people are doing from this week on. So, again, it's all, it all boils down to that. It's all down to how many cases, how we're, how we're doing. But looking at it this week, we're, we're not doing too bad. Like, we are, like, I think, I think, Ollie, what do you think, man?
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up where I take points from what Owen said, and that it depends how the restaurant trade is is a pilot from the 29th of June and mm. down to kind of the midland of July. Yeah. and uh, I have good reason to assume that a lot of uh, publicans uh, that, that may also have restaurant licences, yeah, uh, are going to open their restaurant on the, the 29th of June. Uh, They may or may not use the actual restaurant area that, you know, they have in the license, but may also open the bar, uh, spread the tables out, and if they have an outdoor seating, uh, provide table service only uh, with pints. So, I I don't know, to be honest, I think think, uh, that kind of goes against the, as I said off before we started recording, the kind of... uh, the good faith between publicans and that there's no legislation saying you cannot actually open the pub or um, serve alcohol, but it's kind of like, you know, we don't want you to do this and we'll look unfavorably at you when you're renewing your license to your pub. Yeah.
0: Um, I think I think part of the problem with that, Ollie, sorry to put in there is if, if for example, a, a restaurant that could, a pub that that has a restaurant hanging hanging on to it, and then if they open a restaurant, but also open a bar and strictly open it as a bar with social distancing measures included, and then say for example, the the guys in J&K Welch's or the guys in um you know and in, in Tullys even say in, in Waterford, like they're not going to be able to do that. So then all yeah, of a sudden absolutely. they're being they're being ostracized. So it's, yeah. it's gonna create a lot of tension in the in the in the Vintners Federation and the LVA. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 it's just one of these things that it's like a oh fuck it. It's it's this really shit situation where you're at loggerheads absolutely. where you know it, it's detrimental to my business not to do this, but at the yeah. same time too, like do you, like do you have more bargaining power as a lobbyist group? Uh, with the government, if you're going together and say, right, well, we can open a restaurant, but we we'll want to keep the bar short in solidarity with these people. And like, we want this to be opened in three weeks time or two weeks time or whatever. The, well, if here it is. But it's a great point that you make because there, there are going to be businessmen out there that think like, fuck everyone else. I'm just going to open my bar, that's really adjacent to my restaurant and
1: serve people mm. at the tables uh, with pints and
0: they're not going to Absolutely. give
1: a fuck. Uh, and I think that's going to be the case with a lot of a lot of pubs, well, well, restaurant pubs that you know, ha- you know, have pub licences, but are built on a restaurant or vice versa. They're going to say that, well, look, this is the perfect time for me to make the most amount of money I probably could in a three or four week window from June twenty ninth to whenever the official mm. pubs pub licences are allowed uh, serve again. Um, I think it's. It's as Owen said. It's going to be a, a pilot scheme, nearly, to see whether or not uh, social distancing will be adhered to. But I think it kind of defeats the fucking purpose of it all if people are going to open up a bar and start serving um, uh, picnic tables on a terrace or you know big long benches where there could be any amounts of people sitting on them. You know, um, with a restaurant, I suppose the only thing you can you can uh provide is is the two meter social distancing but once you start as i think darren might have said it you start introducing drink social distancing does go out the window yeah it, it,
2: it doesn't it doesn't really in a restaurant like if you in, in yeah, like yeah. you know if you introduce it like for people going for a meal it does like obviously it does every now and again but it doesn't as much like
1: yeah then on
2: on the other side then like it's then it's unfair if restaurants are able to serve drink and bars aren't you know if bars aren't able to open and restaurants are able to serve drink but then on the other side like most restaurants aren't viable most like without serving drink most most restaurants make their money off of that bottle of wine that you serve with with your dinner like like have you ever gone out for a meal where you haven't bought drink and then gone out for a meal when you've like you've Double, triple the bill as soon as you introduce Absolutely. drink into it, like, you know. So, like, you can well, see like, how, like, they, they're only, ma- they're, they want you to drink, like, you know. So,
1: yeah.
2: it, it doesn't serve them fucking, they're not, they're not, like, making any money for giving you a 12 euro burger and chips or whatever, like, in the, in the restaurant, yeah. you know. But the, the, the other side to that, too, is, like, say. <laughs> the other side, there's been <laughs> six months. Yeah. In this, in this
0: fucking pentagon of, of <laughs> <laughs> of of pubs versus restaurants it's like so like me me his brother you know, runs a, um, a gastro pub in Galway, yeah, and it's a pub first, and they serve and food is incredible, but it's a great little pub. Small yeah, give a pub shout big. out to
2: Give a shout out to the pub, there what Shout out to pub?
0: shout out the Powers Thatched Bar in Uchtar in Galway. Oh, um, lovely.
2: Shout,
0: shout out to Rory and Louise running that there. Uh, it's a fucking brilliant spot. Brilliant spot. But like it'd be very hard to enforce social distancing. And like they've they've kind of consigned themselves to be in the last open and and and, and they've cons they've consigned themselves to be in a pub verse uh, that they are in with the pubs, even though they they do have the restaurant license as well. And it's one of them that like,
1: you know, again, like
0: they're 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 a small family run business, like with mm you know, with high fucking rents to pay, license fees, insurance and stuff like that. It's an awful fucking situation to put people in because it's their livelihoods, you know? Yeah. And, and and I feel very sympathetic for them. Um, And I just think we learn an awful lot from Italy in Spain over the next few weeks because they were hit an awful lot fucking harder than us and they were opening up now and people are starting to go, like, I, I see, like, you know, sports journalists that I follow on Twitter who live in these places, you know, uh, even like say Luis Garcia, who's played Liverpool, who lives in Madrid, and he put up on his Instagram story, you know, him at a cafe. You're, and... you're
2: not still following him on Instagram, are you? Oh, He's brilliant. Man. on the
0: Instagram, man. He's brilliant on the
2: Instagram. <laughs> he's
0: got great Instagram games. he's he put up a, a on the Instagram story, you know, first first cup of coffee in a cafe in four months or whatever whatever it has been for them. Yeah, and like. So, like, they're getting back to normality and, like, they're... but Now, they've got a different drinking culture and bar scene to us. So, like, their mm-hmm. bars are a lot more like cafes because you don't want to sit in them for six hours and drink 20 pints. Yeah. But um, I just think it'll be interesting. We'll see what's going on there and how it's been managed um, and how it's responding, you know. And I think, like that's where I'm getting a bit of encouragement. Like, I was a lot more conservative on than you a couple of weeks ago, but I'm getting this sense of encouragement because the WHO are recommending one-meter guidelines and other countries are doing this before us. And if their data is favorable, then, you know, how can how can our government, who, who are all about business over fucking everything else, how can they turn around to a huge a sector that brings in a couple of billion a year in, in revenue? How can they turn around to them and say, you're not opening mm. for another month when if it demonstrated in other countries it's safe to do so uh, especially when the, the reproductive rate of the virus is like 0.4 at the moment in ireland so so like this our own cmo basically said last week there is the community transmission of this virus is essentially gone now yeah. So you, you know so i i apart from some really really badly managed clusters in certain working situations and nursing homes care homes in ireland it's essentially gone out of the community, which is is representative in the figures. So I think that I think the pubs, along with the Castro pubs and restaurants, they have a very good argument to open sooner. I'm not saying they should fucking open next week, but I'm saying like and the amount of data that we'll have between now and July from other countries and from ourselves in breaking yeah. out, it, it just gives me a lot more confidence. Um it won't be the pub that we, we were in this time last year. It won't be the same. Experience or or won't be the no. same. Uh, uh, socialising sh- they won't be the same socializing associated with it. And um, that'll be a year or two years to get back to that level of comfort. I think in these situations. And <laughs> um, but like like I said a couple of weeks ago, it's a good job we have the extra long mics.
1: And
0: um, yeah, but but I do I do think there's a bit of a silver lining on the cloud at the moment, and there's a bit of light at the end of this tunnel. And I am. You know, for someone who was really doom and gloom a couple of weeks ago about all this, um, I am feeling a lot more positive at the moment just based on my own, you know, views. And this is a bit zero signs behind it whatsoever. It's just mm. my interpretation of how things are going. And again, it's all contingent on the data that will emerge over the next month or so. Right. Ollie, uh, I,
2: need a, I need a date from you. I need a date.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to say that over the next week, obviously, figures are going to play a huge part in when phase five is going to really, like, roll out. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, like, obviously, we all know that people probably have been meeting more than groups of three or four over the last two weeks and maybe not social distancing and whatever. Like, that's their own business. But, um, like, that's going to play a huge part now next week. But I think uh, August 10th, August 3rd, is probably going to be my... uh, Realistic Europe. opening for pubs with a pub license and not pubs with fucking restaurant license and you know all this, uh, yeah, school skull, doggery basically. Um, I think um, if we can keep the numbers down for the next three or four weeks and restaurants kind of go well for the first two or three weeks, still consider bringing it back a week. But I, I would be skeptical on um, like. The 20th of July, to be honest. Okay, yeah, good, yeah, no, good, good, good points. That Darren, actually, yeah,
2: can I can I clarify? Right, this point watch, we're saying like we're equal employers here of all pubs to be open, like yeah, a pub that you want to be in for a pub to get a point in that pub. We're not talking about shady, oh, like, yeah, alcohol like in a in a, like you know, it's it's every, everyone's allowed open, isn't it? Yeah, like if, yeah, yeah.
0: If, if, a job. if 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 someone if someone serves a bit of grub and they get a restaurant license, they open as a restaurant to give you a sneaky <laughs> pint on the side. Like that's not what I'm, no.
2: talking, about. I, I'm no. talking about. I'm talking about I'm talking about an Irish going, pub, a proper I was going pub. to a pub. Yeah, yeah, meeting for meeting for I, the snowcap. When I'm is talk, the talking, going to be live again in a yeah, in a yeah.
0: Pub? I'm, yeah. But I'm to, I'm talking. When can you go to an institution for the sole purpose of a few points in the chat, not to go and have a chicken salad because you can't get a pint without it
1: yeah uh, i just like to say uh, that uh, there's going to be places that like won't be reopening in a month's time in two months time and, yeah like the what, minute, minute silence is it now <laughs> yeah nearly a
0: minute <laughs> silence minute silence is a terrible idea on a podcast <laughs>
2: yeah. pause uh, pause, the, pause your, your your uh your playback there yeah. <laughs> we probably.
0: And we're back. Move. And we're
1: back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't yeah. don't do it if you're driving. Uh,
1: not going to Weatherspoons anymore than probably right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. When you when you, when you think back in the like Darren and like us, um,
2: just talking about Weatherspoons coming to Ireland and stuff like that, like, um, like Jesus, there's, there's way different things to be worried about now, isn't there? Like, yeah,
0: there there is, but it's just it just. You know this whole thing should put a lot of things in perspective for a lot of people. And like one thing that should be put in perspective is how lucky we are with some of the pubs that we have and some of the breweries yeah, that we have in the country. Yeah, so like exactly. it's just one of those things like fuck it. Like it's 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 almost like you know, I grew up in a house that you could see the Blarney Castle from, and I thousands of Americans flock to it every year, like in amazement. I never appreciate it. And it's not yeah, kind of exactly. like start let's start fucking appreciating what's on our doorstep.
2: Yeah, and and to move on to something else that we appreciate, Michael Jordan. Oh, <laughs> my God. Speaking,
0: speaking, of, speaking of love and local,
1: Michael love, Jordan.
2: Oh. i just going to read this. Go for it. Uh, DJ, so, like, over the last few weeks, I think, so it's been, what, two episodes a week now for the last five weeks. Um, the Last Dance documentary, um, which was done by ESPN and... Uh, hosted on Netflix outside of the US, um, has just taken over our lives. Like it's been so good. Like it's the best sports documentary I've ever seen in my life. Like um, I know people have said there's a few flaws and stuff with it, but like just the production quality of it. Um, uh, g- give me a few of your thoughts there, man.
0: Be, like I just I just want to put it out there because I know that like we have a broad listener uh, base, and yeah. not everyone is into sports that listens to the podcast. No. My my lovely fiance Eve, uh she has absolutely no time for basketball. Uh I I when when the NBA is on we, we've BT Sports, when the NBA is on BT Sport here and she's going to bed, I'll put on a basketball because I fucking love it. I think I've said it I've said it on the podcast in the past. I think um of all elite athletes, I think basketball, elite basketball players are the best athletes in the world i think they're the most fine-tuned incredible athletes when you look at some of the acrobatic stuff that they do um on a court like it's mind-blowing it's the, the, the physical the physical ability to play basketball at that level and play 82 games in like a fucking five yeah. or six month window Where you know it, it it absolutely blows my mind so i've always had this massive admiration for basketball and um, so i just want to put out there that knee of has said this is one of the best documentaries she's ever watched. Not sport documentaries, documentaries. Full stop. As someone yeah. who has no interest in basketball and had no clue about Chicago Bulls, she obviously knew who Michael Jordan was, but she had no idea what happened in his career. And um, like even even spoiler alert, the episode where uh, we probably uh, get started. Are we, are, we, are we doing
2: spoilers? Are we doing spoilers? I think we
0: should do uh, because okay, okay. I, I, I'm just this is. Why we should do spoilers? Spoiler alert: the episode where he quits bas- basketball midway oh, yeah. okay. through to start baseball. Uh, Neil was like, "This, this isn't real. This is a piss take. He didn't actually." I was like, nee, if you fucked off to play baseball for a year. This is yeah. absolutely real. Like it happened." Um, and, and, and was brilliantly uh, satirized in the movie Space Jam. But I just wanted to like say, like, you know for anyone who, who's not into sport and thinking, right, they're going to talk about The Last Dance and Tune Out. Now, don't, because this isn't just an amazing sports documentary. The cinematography, the use of of 25-year-old, 30-year-old footage and the way the story is told, um, at times it can be a bit confusing to jump in between eras uh, because it doesn't just do a strictly chronological, it jumps between his pre-MBA I,
2: career to the end. It's done so yeah. brilliantly, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's how you, I don't find it it's so good like the way they tied up every single aspect of that 1998 yeah. season when like kind of back to pieces of like like people's lives at the time or people's careers or backstories and stuff like tying in like fucking hell. I watched that I actually haven't even, I haven't watched the last episode yet um, so I still have that one to watch but I, I watched the Steve Kerr one uh, episode 9 Ooh. I think it was Steve Kerr um, and Jesus man he's his story is amazing. Like, they've all, like... But I mean, the thing with Steve
0: Kerr is, like, he's gone on to be one, like, the youngest coach in NBA history to get uh, 250 <laughs> wins. Like, he's he's like this amazing fucking coach as well now, you know. He wasn't just part of best basketball, possibly the best basketball team ever. Um, it's amazing. But what I love about this documentary is it's actually not a Michael Jordan documentary. It's a Chicago Bulls documentary, but just like that team, it's almost like it all centres around Michael Jordan. But like, yeah, got, like so much focus on Steve Kerr, like you said, with Scottie Pippen and, and Dennis Rodman, and even like, Neve was like, I know who Dennis Rodman is purely because he used to write Madonna and Carmen Electra, like you know, and he was. i yeah. Like, <laughs> <career. laughs> yeah, and he's just this absolute like mad figure. Like this yeah. crazy character who's and a really fucking lovable character, even though he's so yeah, eccentric. Like, um, but, but my favorite, one, one, the thing that I think sums up that, like, how dramatic this whole uh, documentary is, and like, just the type of characters you're dealing with, this footage had to be signed off by Michael Jordan to make the documentary. He refused to release the footage all this time like, the, the filming concluded in 1998. He refused to release the footage this entire time until LeBron James went back to win the World Championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2015 or 2016. So it was basically the night of the, the finals that they were going to win that. Jordan signed off on it. And he's so competitive, a lot of the, a lot of the, the NBA journalists reckon that the reason he signed off on it then to go into post film and production to create the documentary that's released now it's taken three years to do it is he's so competitive that people started questioning whether lebron james was a better basketball player than michael jordan Mm. and michael jordan was basically i'm not fucking having this let's release this fucking documentary that shows me to be the best fucking player of all time and whatever whatever you think about any of it his fucking will to
2: win is just outrageous. Like he, I've cliche, never seen anything like it. That. that is, I, that, it's crazy, crazy stuff like. Every cliche
0: in sports is written about Michael Jordan and convinced of it. Like, you know, he's just, oh man, he's like, oh got that single mindset. But I just think like, you asked me for a few thoughts and I've rambled for a few minutes. But I just think like, it's one of those documentaries that transcends sport. Um, yeah. I, think, I think the Senna documentary which is a once off sort of movie style documentary did that yeah. um, I think 4 and 1 Drake to Survive is a top notch documentary but yeah. even those two that I absolutely love they, they don't even don't, come
1: close
0: no no they don't come close and it's a bit I reckon the documentary turned into something like Icarus did where Icarus was initially a documentary about how do I dope and it turned into this like completely different amazing man, documentary man. yeah and I just think, you know, we grew up in an era where basketball wasn't widely available in our lives. And we grew up, tr- we were children throughout this era that if we had access to it, we'd have a lot more insight on it before the documentary. Mm. And even before social media, before worldwide news was properly available, like we had four TV channels in the mid-90s to late 90s. We all knew who Michael Jordan was. There was no fucking doubt about it. He was, mm. he was like, he was a social media super star 20 years before social media was there and I just think that that tells you how fucking good he was and how much you know how personable, how much personality and and how much of an aura was around him
2: Yeah Ali, what do you make of it man?
1: Uh, Well look, I mean there's no denying that that documentary is is probably one of the, the best made and well stitched together kind of like piece of cinematic video I've ever seen like it's it's just like as you said like moving from like 85 to 93 and then you know 98 back to 95 when he comes back and all this like it's so seamless that you don't even realize you've changed years and he's played basketball one minute and then he's back winning his like his fifth championship but you don't it doesn't even like you know it doesn't bother you like you're you're so engrossing in it just makes sense whenever you're watching it, you know. And uh, like, so I was born in '98, the year he won his last ring, uh, and I only realistically got into basketball the last probably two or three years. And you know, everyone always says MJ is the GOAT, and like, I had no real reason to not believe it, but then like, you see LeBron, like, like three rings, and Curry has few rings, Kevin, you know, you've got these like modern day players that are just. You know, they they own the NBA, do Yeah. And uh, I have to say, watching this documentary, it probably like it doesn't really put any doubt in my mind that he, he actually was the coach. You know, yeah. like there's there's it's so hard to to say that he was not the best player that has ever played in the NBA. Like yeah, I heard players. um
2: I heard a quote from the director, which was really good, and he was saying that like you know you're saying like that um like Steph Curry has a few rings LeBron has yeah. a few rings um but like it was the fact that Michael Jordan prevented everybody else from so like Reggie Miller like yeah. none of those guys like got rings because that that, that Chicago Bulls team just like smashed yeah. the 90s yeah. like and just he just prevented everybody else from getting yeah. rings so there's so there's guys during that era who would make like a dream team or make you know hall That's of fame true. Who don't? Who've never gotten a ring? Like just yeah. because of him, like and I think uh, I thought that was a just a really good quote from that director. Like that, it just shows you, like you know, you can say like, "Oh, Steph Curry's fucking best point guard or whatever," and you like you, you can have all these, all these like, or LeBron is the best ever, but like, it's just like, like LeBron has like left up everybody, like to surpass him, and like you know that like the yeah. Golden State like the last few years like when they were just absolutely trouncing everybody like you know like how, how can you say that LeBron was the best ever like when he, he wasn't getting anywhere near them at that, at those years like he's just he's phenomenal I've never I've never seen footage I've never seen I've never seen that mentality in anybody before it's so good like there's, that, there's one episode where uh, there's a I can't remember who he's playing or whatever but you know he's there it's, it's actually it's nearly like the each episode is nearly formulaic because it's just like one guy goes like goes to him like oh you know good game Mike he beats him you know yeah. good game and then uh, he just goes <laughs> and that was it like you know yeah. that's all they needed that was the, that was the fuel in the fire
1: like every single episode is that like you know but that
2: that that one specifically where you're they the, the go your man goes oh good game Mike like you know he goes, oh,
1: who is fuck that? him
2: Fuck him, right? I I'm, I'm. I'm. gonna beat him. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna smack. So I went one on one. It was. It was a young lad. It was a it was young lad. Rookie, rookie guy. Yeah. Yeah. It was a rookie yeah.
0: with the Sacramento Kings, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That, that no um, one can
0: remember his name because he's not Michael
2: yeah. Jordan. No. No. Exactly. But and uh, then afterwards, like it was like uh, I don't know. Was it like six, seven years later? They went back to your man, and they were like you know, why did you say it to him? And he goes, I I, did, I don't remember saying it. I, I don't think of it. And then, like, the camera pans to Michael Jordan, and then he goes, yeah, I probably just made that up. Just to yeah. like, drive my own mentality to just fucking win. Like, it's insane. Like, he's just making it's shit up really? just to actually, just to, just to put fuel on the fire for himself. Oh, he's incredible. incredible. We, were wa- we were watching a hero
0: one night, and next thing, Neil just turned to me and said, fucking hell. Everything makes it. Everything that happens to him makes it personal to cool. him because he just has this routine. Yeah. And everything he was like, and that made it personal for me. And then he yeah, yeah. like fucking <laughs> everything.
2: Else looked, yeah, uh, it's great. Like um, again, like just just the footage as well. Like like the the stuff like the like the. Like the behind-the-scenes the stuff movie where movie. the locker room stuff um, and like, Dennis Rodman riding off on the motorbike with a can and stuff.
0: Like. The be- like, <laughs> De- Dennis Rodman, I have to say this, right? I was thinking we'd, ask, we'd go around and ask everyone, right, from the documentary who would you most love to go for a few, few points? Of, but I don't think anyone would say anyone other than Dennis Rodman. Like, yeah. I genuinely don't think they would because I think it would just be the best day of your life.
2: Um, I heard, I heard, I heard, I heard uh, something from the from the director a few, a few quotes from him, um, and he was saying about that Dennis Rodman interview. So I think he said he was, I think he had four hours with Dennis Rodman. Um, and that seems like half of it I was just trying to keep him on track and like stop talking about North Korea and stuff and just like <laughs> just just like talk about Jordan and like that can only use it. so like I, you notice like that Rodman episode like Rodman's in it for all of that like you know but for every other episode Rodman isn't really in it like you know you have Scottie Pippen like talking about events and stuff but like Rodman doesn't talk about anything else. He's only he's only in it for like that little sliver in episode because they just couldn't get that much info out of him at all. because like, he's just gone off on one. Like he's so funny. I, he's, yeah, he's he's,
1: he's, he's I have hilarious. To say though, for someone for someone who like like won a game and then he he flew to Vegas that night. He yeah, missing for like seventy two hours and then like probably was very much heavily on drink and drugs while he was in Vegas. And, then, and Carmen Electra <laughs> And Carmen Electra <laughs> Michael Jordan Comes to the hotel room Carmen Electra Goes and hides Behind the couch Because she doesn't want To see Michael Jordan comes to room Waking up her boyfriend Dennis Rodman like. And then what? They go back To training camp And um, He smashes them. Doing... He fucking huh? smashes them then He just He yeah, just like, goes all out Like, but like
0: The he, thing The thing with Dennis thing, Rodman He's a fucking Really intelligent guy Like you know He's yeah. very intelligent yeah, but but like what I my favorite my my highlight possibly of the entire documentary series was, you know when um they're talking they're like asking Dennis Rodman like how are you so good at rebounding you know when the and next thing you just see he's like he starts off being like well, I knew if Michael would throw it it would have this spin and it bounced yeah. this way and next thing it just it goes into this sped up like him just going, going to yeah. everyone he ever played with and how it would spin yeah. and where he'd go and it's almost like he's dancing doing this fucking real yeah. shit. Like I thought that was brilliant. There's just an insight into his character because even twenty-five years later he had this fucking photographic recall of everybody yeah, shot yeah, and were rebuilt. And that's after all all the possible drugs, but absolutely all the sex and late nights and drinking that he was doing throughout that era. Like he's a fucking he's an, a phenomenal character. Like I I'm absolutely fascinated by him. Yeah, it's so oh, but...
1: he co- I was gonna say he, he comes across like like as this loony kind of character but like extremely intelligent at the same time like you know he's he's well able to verbalize how he felt about events like when he's when he's speaking about you know when he was part of the the pistons the bad boy pistons in the late 80s like he's well able to say like you know we bet the fucking shit out of that early Chicago team and you know was was able to recall some like very like Pointed kind of like parts of that that whole journey that like I had no idea Rodman had uh, rings before he went to the Bulls. You know, like that was something I didn't know. And I have to say, like, he was he was pretty impressive to know that you know he, he was, was he kind of proved himself before he even met Michael Jordan. You know, he, is, he was really part
0: weird. of the, he was part of the team that wouldn't shake their hand when they walked off the court.
1: Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: like you know, it's funny how he was able to overcome all that. Um, and that they respected him but like I saw a quote Will, from Will, Will Smith a couple of years ago about Michael Jordan because he's like Will Smith is one of the, like the very few people that Michael Jordan is really good friends with and Will Smith was saying that like they, I remember I, I think he was on one of the American chat shows so I probably saw it on YouTube at some stage and they were saying like what's it like hanging out with Michael Jordan and Will Smith was like it's fucking tiring man like he was like if we're both drink if we both bite, get a bottle of water like the moment the open, Michael Jordan's like, I'll race you to the end. Like, you know, he's like, <laughs> oh, every yeah. single detail of his life is a competition. Like,
1: every detail. I fucking tired. Like, tired, as, as he said, tiring to be around. Like, I, I don't know. Oh, Jesus, I don't know. That sounds what, sad. what do you go I'd go for a pint, man. I'd, like, I'd say, I oh, would like, too. Awesome stories would
2: say. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'd i love that. I'd say, I'd say it well able to drink like, but I think he's
0: if he,
1: like, not far off darn that he loves talking about himself so I'm sure he'd be great <laughs> 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 he'd, he'd, be a, he'd be a great guest on the pod like. I'm just
0: saying MJ if you're listening like you know we, yeah. we'll have you on like we'll definitely come on and chat you we won't ask you about the we won't ask you about the Wizards definitely but, and no he's, he's, it's, a, whole, it's a fascinating insight into the, like what I loved mm. about the documentary was the early footage of him when he first joined the Bulls because that's something I really didn't know much about I didn't realise exactly how shit they were and yeah, I really didn't realise they were that bad and he was he came up in an era where like you know people were signed to long contracts like that was the half the issue with Scottie Pippen was he was on this really long contract that wasn't paying his value by the end of it and you couldn't really get out of him and um, so that's that's why I think as well some of the comparisons the modern day basketball players really falls down because they're signing one and two year deals and can just be like, well, I'm one of the best players and I want to go to this team because it has the best players and I yeah. can kind of pick and choose their, their teams. Yeah. He fucking stayed it out for seven years and he, like, he was instant, three games in, he was a superstar in the NBA. Yeah. And he stayed it out with the Bulls for seven years because, like, he fucking had that drive but also he's in the era where you couldn't just hop, hop around teams and I just think, like, it's, I I I think the great thing about this documentary is it brings possibly the greatest sports person in the history of sport um, into an audience that uh, a huge part of the world that wouldn't have had much exposure to them just simply because the NBA wasn't like a worldwide sporting event in the mid '90s. Like we didn't have access to it in Ireland. We saw highlights. We did. It's not like we could jump on YouTube or anything, you know. We we heard about it. There was we saw bits in newspapers, but it's just this phenomenal, this this absolutely what this phenomenal guy who had some really really fucking good talented players around him. I think as well you talked about like the likes of Reggie Miller and these guys. Like Jordan dragged everyone with him. Like he would not relent. It's it's a phenomenal documentary. It's an unbelievable uh, series.
2: Yeah, I think I think as well like uh, what you're saying there in terms of like just how like outside of the backstory, just how it tells the story of basketball as well. So, like, you know, because you have, like, the -the behind-the-scenes commentary from the guys who were playing at the time, like, you have, like, the relevance of shots. So, like, there's that, like, three-pointer by Steve Kerr um, against the Utah Jazz, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Utah
1: Jazz in nineteen
2: seven. Yeah. And uh, that, like, how... How, like... Um, like that was that was in, in terms of like turning the game was like so critical that like and it, you know you have people, their side of things where they're like oh you know, um if we had gotten that tip ball and it had gotten you know come back to us then we go down the other end of the court we score two points we go five points ahead um and you know that's our momentum you know we have the whole crowd behind us that's our momentum uh, but instead tip ball goes to scotty pippen who feeds it to steve kerr who is that three who who then like levels the game and like they were like as soon as that happened we knew that the bulls were like just it's you know it's those stories whereas i think if you're watching a game of basketball you don't actually you you know you, you don't realize that yourself how you know especially when you're not invested in teams as well you know you don't you wouldn't have a basketball team per se like unless you know, you're fully. But I, I, I just think it's phenomenal how it can tell, like both those backstories and also just put like so much love into the game of basketball as well and those backgrounds.
0: Yeah, br- brilliant. Like, um, what, what I, what, what, I loved as well is that the, I, th- I think in terms of like capturing. I suppose capturing the, the delivery of coverage at the time um, yeah. and, and 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 i suppose it, what it did really well was show the dramatic upscale of popularity of of sports um, and and i suppose what like having a successful sports team did for chicago as well because like there's this really brilliant thing like Neil's highlight from the entire series was when stan stan albeck the coach before um two coaches before Phil Jackson, like Michael Jordan's coach for a second season gets fired. And there's like this news reporter who's like, um, so basically it, it, the documentary tells that he gets fired. And then this news reporter is like, if you got up and if you got up this morning and you're getting ready to go into work, your name isn't Stan Albeck because the coach's bull was fired last night. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. The bull's coach was fired last night. You're like, fucking brilliant. Like, it's just, you know. Cold
2: cuss, like, it's,
0: yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, then by the time, Phil Jackson is leaving, and they're getting rid of him. He's won six world championships, and it basically becomes the biggest media story in the world at the time. Yeah, um, or certainly it, it seemed it like in a sort like you have the guy who the general manager for every single world championship that the Bulls have put together being booed as he comes on the stage when they're parading the trophy. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Cruz. Jerry Krause. Yes, yeah, for real. Like you know, and um, that was one. That was one thing that I thought you know, if anything could have made this documentary better, a few things could have. Jerry Krause is still alive. And, and they got, they got him.
1: I, I wonder, I wonder, was he interviewed and Jordan, because obviously we all know Jordan had the final signature on this documentary. He, he watched the whole series. He could have said, you know, I don't want this, this, this and the other thing. I wonder, was Jerry Krause involved and, no nah, they, nah, they, so, uh, nah, they said he died a month
2: beforehand i think he died in he died in 2017. yeah um, i think a month before they went to do all the interviews i think i I think he died yeah so yeah. um but yeah I, I, the the director says that like like he's trying like all the team hates Jerry Krause, as it mm. comes across yeah. very apparently, but he said he tried to do it in documentary that like you know, this was actually the guy that brought this team together. Like, he, like he made some bold moves, like, throughout the whole thing. And, like, yes, he slated for, like, breaking up the team at the end. But, like, he's actually, like, they're saying he's actually a genius and that he did a lot for the Bulls at the time. Like, and um, that, like, they basically tried to, like, that he hoped anyway that he tried to show in the documentary that, Jerry Cruz wasn't the bad guy. He wasn't the villain in, in in all of this. Like there was just they're all just complex characters. They're all humans, like you
0: know. Yeah, I think I think the I think the Ku coach episode kind of showed um, the value of of him as a character. Um, because you know the episode where they show the Olympics and he's like absolutely shit in the first game against this, the US and the lads are like, who the fuck is this fella coming over? Yeah. yeah. There's like the interviews after the game where Scottie Pippen is like, I don't think he'll play a game in the NBA. And he's yeah, like, yeah. Sign, for, sign for the bullets, but he's waiting two years before he goes over. And what I thought sounds another another, another
2: great um, example of uh, Jordan just creating a needless rivalry. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, I love the bit where Kuko just was like, why was he so mean to me? Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, like, ba was it basically
0: like in the middle of the game, like, they were talking about this guy who was going to be the next big thing and Jordan was like, well, I'm still fucking here. Like, yeah, yeah. And he, he just decides to pick on him for the game. Like, he's just like, yeah. oh, I'm going to annihilate this guy and show him. Yeah, like yeah. He's shooting over his
2: head everything like that. It's crazy. Yeah. So good.
0: Uh, but I think then, you know, he came back in the second game. And and I think that that's brilliant where, like, there there's, like, bits of interviews with Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan afterwards where they're like, yeah, like, after that second game where he came back, we, we knew that he was a bit of a player. And it was kind of then they'd never out, like, praise Jerry Krause too much I think Scotty Pippen was kind of like admitting that Jerry Krause did a good job his yeah. teeth I don't Jordan, think jo- Jordan, Jordan, Jordan wasn't having any of it no no uh, but I think I think that episode really highlighted how valuable he was because then after that you want to see Koo coach like do some really well, important
1: things later on like obviously in 94 I think it is uh I think do they give the shot to Tony Kukoc and Scotty sits out? Is ninety uh, four? Or is it just Tony does, does Kukoc no. take that shot?
0: No, that's that's when Jordan is reti- That's when Jordan Yeah, no, playing, Jordan's retired. But, that Jordan's year playing basketball it, or baseball. So that's ninety one, ninety two, ninety three. It could be ninety
1: four, ninety five, yeah. But is is Kukoc signed by then and then they give him the shot, yeah. but yeah. Scotty sits out. Like it's it's crazy to think that like Scotty is probably at that time, top three NBA players, like, in the league, and they gave, the shot to Tony Kukoc. he's like, uh, I don't know yep. how I feel about this, yeah, he but nailed he's, it.
0: He's, he's also like the 160th, best paid player, at the
1: yeah, time. you know. It's true, it's true, but he, he comes out in the documentary, and says that at the time, the deal he took, was a deal that secured, him financially, yeah. for his whole family, It you know, he had like what like ten brothers and sisters. His father was in a wheelchair. His like they grew up in the small house. So at the time, like it made sense for him to make this like whatever. I don't I don't know how I don't know what the figures were, but the, the ten year deal or the seven year deal he, he cut was the best thing for him and it made sure that his family were fed, you know. It was a, and it, it was just, a,
0: there was a brilliant part there where his brother comes on to do to do an interview and his brother is literally like, you know, he literally bit me this house like you know he's he's incredible yeah. like. and I think Scottie Pippen like even when I see him doing like he works on NBA coverage or some of the NBA update shows from time to time and yeah. and they and they get him on and they ask him about the Bulls and like they've asked him to compare Jordan and LeBron before and stuff and I just think he's this like ah uh, like I don't know is it his voice even like I love his voice yeah. he's just the, mood, yeah. one of the most yeah. lovable guys like I think Dennis Rodman is the guy who you're going for a mad session on. Yeah.
2: But if I you're know.
0: talking about two or three pints sitting at a bar listening to someone talk, I think that's Pippen for me. Oh, yeah. Um to be I'm, cool. just
2: consci- I'm just conscious. I'm conscious of time there, Darren, how are we doing? Uh, we're we're about an hour in
0: an hour and a couple of minutes.
2: Okay, okay. I think that was a pretty good chat though. Uh any any final thoughts there on, on the documentary? Just uh, like even, even favorite moment or uh, yeah, favorite moment and just uh, just a, a summary or something.
1: I think favorite moment for me was um, the uh, USA, USA dream team that went to the Olympics. And, okay. uh, and Jordan is kind of talking about why I say Thomas wasn't picked, and he was like, uh, um, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know if it was because we didn't get on. He knows fully fucking well the reason Isaiah Thomas, one of the best basketball players of that like say like 88 to 92 period, was not paid was because he did not get on with Michael Jordan and yeah. he knew he knew full well and he was just like oh, I mean I don't know like um, you know obviously he just didn't fit the team or whatever he said yeah. I I thought it was yeah he just he just shrugged the shoulders and handed the iPad back I just thought it was fucking hilarious because. Yeah. He knows full well that, it, like, he was the reason I say it, Thomas it doesn't have a gold medal. Yeah,
0: and um, DJ what about two. Oh, fi- like it's very hard to pick a favorite moment when you. I know. Ten, I keep
1: banging through them
2: there.
0: You've got ten amazing episodes, and I, I've probably listed a few of them there uh, during the chat. But I think you know. I think the thing is when you see the human side of Jordan is probably the best because he's such a fucking robot and a cold, callous, calculated individual. So, I'd say my favourite moment is possibly the. Uh, I'd say the favourite moment is the bit where he it goes it talks about his dad and oh yeah and, and it talks about the picture of him and his dad when he wins the first world championship and the hug with the trophy. Um, that's probably my favourite moment because Michael Jordan is an idol, and obviously there's the Air Jordan brand, and you see the like this globalization. Um, and it's like massive, massive personality. And the, everybody knows the competitive side of him and it's been amplified by this documentary. But to see the human side of him, I thought was brilliant. Uh, even though those bits were few and far between. Um, I, definitely, I definitely enjoyed that. And I also yeah. think the, the other human side of it, the, the one that I really, really liked was in his last season, there's a, a bit where he's just on his own in a hotel room. And they show, like, a series of, like, they basically show his day. And it's, like, just him being mobbed by thousands of people. Oh, every yeah. Day. Jesus, and, man. And, and there's a bit where he's just lying on the couch, smoking a cigar. And he's just, he's like, tired, he he's just like, he's just, like, he, but that's it. He's just, like, I'm fucking exhausted.
2: i
1: I don't yeah. care what happens. Yeah.
0: This is my last year.
1: Um, yeah, yeah.
0: And I just thought, like, fuck me. Do you know the way you'd love to be a superstar in the sport? But yeah, yeah. I was watching that I didn't want to be. I, I, I'm like yeah. I'm very fucking happy with my quiet life where we have a fucking small podcast. <laughs> like, yeah. This is this is this is more than enough like I know. Uh, so that that there are two standout moments for me, definitely.
1: Can I just uh, yeah. add to Darren, Darren's one there uh, regarding that? The the year his his father died and he won that championship. Um, and, like, he looks, like, happy, and he's on the court or whatever, and then he comes inside, and he's, he's like, in the physio room, and he's literally on the floor, like... In, yeah. Like, I actually... convulsions in tears, like, he... It, it nearly, it, like, it, hurt, it hurts him physically. That made, that, that made me very uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: That actually made me uncomfortable. I
1: actually yeah, was like, I wish they didn't film him. I wish
0: they didn't film him that bit.
1: Yeah,
0: um, yeah. Because I was a bit like, fuck, this is... Uh, this isn't comfortable viewing like um,
1: That's a, it's a tough watch like yeah. it's, it's tough to see someone that like is so as you said cold and callous like he's I, a he's a yeah. killer like and then you see him so emotionally like vulnerable right there and then I, I thought it was it, I know, it's, it's amazing like
0: absolutely agree and just before you give your favourite one I just want to give a shout out to any time Scotty Pippen spoke
2: <laughs> just in general yeah yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, so since you've got, just given two favourite moments, I'm going to give two favourite moments. Um, So, uh, I think um, one for me is uh, that game where he has um, food poisoning the night before um, and he goes out and he absolutely smashes it. And there's a bit where he has like, he, he comes out and he shoots like, I don't know, is it like six for 16 or something? He's like doing, he's sh- like, he's shitting the first like, say, quarter or whatever.
1: Um, and it he... It was the jazz, because they were playing up in Salt Lake City in york yeah, 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 it was, yeah, it was the jazz. Um, and uh, so he had a
2: pizza or something the night, late the night before. And um, you, yeah. he comes, he comes in, he's, vom- he's vomiting all night long. And by the way, yeah, goes out he shoots shit for the first quarter. And then there's this there's just a picture of him. So it's like every time they go for um every time they go for a timeout, like he's there and he's sweating buckets like on the on the bench. Um uh, and there's just one bit where he has like the towel over his head and like Scotty has his hand on his back, You're right, right. you're right, man, you're right right. And then like <laughs> just he's, he's just towel so... over, you can't even see him and they just go, Whatever happened to him after that timeout. He just goes, Yeah, let's go and he was fucking smashes it like for the rest of the game yeah. like and like I don't know shoots something like crazy like fifty seven or something like points for the rest of the game. Like he's a beast like it's so good. Yeah. Um and then my other favourite moment is um just where he's on he's like after like shooting Space Jam and he had, they, they have all those games, you know, where they bring, he brings in all the the guys yeah. from the games and stuff. So I really like that, but it, it actually, it's like where it leads on from that, where, where by, um, he the, gets big. the Bulls are back practicing and he's like, oh man, like, he's like, oh man, sure, I'll just go over and I'll, uh, I'll just try it. Like I'll, I'll just, you know, shoot the game with you or whatever. And, you know, like it, one game or one uh, one training session leads to like one-on-one which leads to a two-on-two which leads to a three-on-three and then they're all like they're just playing full games at the end and then just it's just the way it's edited where like like it happens so quickly and just like the 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 article from or the front page of the Chicago Tribune just comes up on the on full screen and it's just like I'm back and it's just like yes yes it's, it's like,
0: <laughs> it's like it's, it wasn't his uh, his agent is like,
2: send I'm the four,
0: I'm after writing four or five draft statements for him, like, what are we going to say? Or what are we going to say? And he's like, man, shut up and give me the pencil. And he's like, just wrote one thing, and then it was like, I'm back. I'm back.
2: Oh fuck. man, that is, that's so good. The whole thing is amazing, yeah. Best, yeah. like, best, best book documentary I ever watched. Um, so great, great chat, lads. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um, so I suppose just to wrap up, we'll do our, our usual bit, little few tidbits. Um, thanks a million to all our new patrons. We've uh, had a few there in the, in the last while. Um, and just if you want to support the Snowcast, give us a price of a And uh, You can't spend it in a pub, so you might as well spend it on us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, so you can find us on patreon.com forward slash snowcast. Um, if you want to do it there um, we're, we're actually we're, we've been really behind on uh, getting stuff for our, our members for the tiers and stuff so we're we're looking at getting like bottle openers or something like that to send out to you guys and um, just to say thanks for all the support um, we, we actually yeah,
0: we actually yeah, a new, we actually got a new patron in the last couple of days as well mark, so shout we showed it to
2: mark great good oh thanks mark um, we'll have a bottle opener or
0: something to that will come in all of your ways soon
2: soon yeah um, and again if any of you guys want uh, us to discuss anything on the podcast uh, you can leave us uh, or just talk us on any of the social media channels we're more than happy to talk shite anyway um, and you've been really great to us on social media as well just uh, giving your praise of the podcast any um, improvements we can make and uh, just general chat, just getting us involved in, in in what do you think of of how the world is going and so yeah thanks Moon, for all that Um so uh dj would you like to say anything in regards to, um any charities or anything that that people can uh get involved with yeah
0: uh absolutely uh the support for water for food banks has been brilliant in the last few weeks like we we've been playing with people to support um their local food banks lately so I absolutely um, echo that sentiments, and also uh, really loyal Snowcast listeners I know the real life doctor, um, Simon. So Simon's son Charlie is doing an Ironman. Charlie's six years old, and he's doing an Ironman over the next an two actual, months. actual
2: he's doing an actual Ironman. Yeah, so but he's full full length of an Ironman over yeah. over the course of the summer.
0: So obviously, Simon being the real life doctor, he has a a background in medicine and sports science. So he's doing it like supervised by an adult who's more than capable of looking after him. But Charlie is actually uh, raising the funds for Barnados. Um, and actually it's Simon's birthday tomorrow. So happy birthday, Simon. Um, so
2: <laughs> donate donate to his son. Yeah, so
0: donate to his son's uh, charity. Uh, so you can look it up. I think it's Charlie's Iron. If you look like Charlie's Iron Man on, on GoFundMe, we share the links and stuff. Um if you if if you have a pound or two to, to share to that, that'd be brilliant as well. Um and also just uh, the, the fans mightn't realize uh all the podcasts are named typically after something that's said or done during the podcast. But I've come up with a name for this week's podcast. The Last Cans.
2: Oh, <laughs> so that's oh that's, my god, that Jesus Christ, that, this is that is well, top four.
0: It was just the two of us last week, so I called this last week's podcast Can Solo.
2: Yeah, that was, that, that was I was good. very happy with that. But
0: uh, The Last Cans, so thank you for listening to The Last Cans, it's really appreciated. That's good
2: stuff, fun, Ollie. Do you want to, uh, any parting word there for the guys? Uh,
1: what should I should say, thanks for having me on. Um, i uh i'm I missing in in real life uh i uh, whatever whatever date um the pubs are ever open i'll uh, i'll see billy grimes for one um and uh yeah support uh support snowcaster they're, they're not too bad right. <laughs> actually right.
0: actually, one last thing on before we go listeners fucking Tweet us your point Watch. We want to hear what your oh, Pint Watch good. thoughts are.
2: Yeah. Get in Actually, contact. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll throw up a poll, will we? And see if we can get, see how, what, if we can get like, we'll do, we'll do our three days and another.
0: Yeah, we, we, we'll do a poll and be like, comment with your suggestion. Yeah. I, th- I yeah, think yeah. that'd be brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'd love to hear what you guys think about Pint Watch. We, pint Watch as a segment has gotten some really good feedback. So get in contact, get in touch. And uh, fucking, Listen, let us know. What's your idea? What's your thoughts? When will the pubs be open? Do you think? Do you, do you agree, disagree? Fucking get a bit of discourse going. Let's, let's start chatting about when the pubs are reopened. Let's get fucking, yeah. let, let's get the positive energy around the pubs back going again because we were dismal for a while. The last three months, <laughs> have been like pubs are going to be fucking never open again. So let's get a bit of positive discourse about uh, a good, positive pub
2: experience going again. So talk to us about pubs. We love pubs. Good stuff. So thanks a million, guys. So it's like- been the... This- this has been the snowcast. This has been the last cans. Uh, Thanks a million. Don't, don't wreck our, our point watch. Stay away from yourselves out in the community. Fucking don't be acting yeah, the Actually, manage.
0: stay away from yourselves has never been more apt.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Take care. Good luck, by the way. Slide, chest on.